You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Wednesday, March 17th. It's a special day, I think. It is. It is a special day. <laughs> every and, year. <laughs> every year. Yes, it is. It is. And uh, thanks be to God, we have the opportunity to talk with Pastor Sean Denzer. He's our chaplain here at the International Center and Director of Worship for the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. We're going to talk with him about uh, St. Patrick today. So thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the coffee hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining us in studio today, Chaplain Sean Denzer. Chaplain Denzer, thanks for being our guest on the coffee hour today. Glad to be here. Talking St. Patrick. I'm sure lots of folks are probably talking about St. Patrick today or all things green. <laughs> yep, this is a pretty popular <laughs> holiday. And uh, as, as a Sean Colin Denzer, uh, although I'm only a quarter Irish, uh, yeah, I, I get excited for St. Patrick's Day too. I think we're all Irish today, aren't we? We all get to be. That's right. You're wearing green. Um, yeah, it was a last minute. Uh, <laughs> I forgot to pack green clothes when I went to the gym this morning. It's good to fortunately, have swag, yeah. Fortunately, KFU has green shirts, so <laughs> I didn't want to get pinched all day, uh, especially talking about St. Patrick. So who is St. Patrick? Uh, can you share with us? <clears throat> Excuse me, a little history. I'll do my best. You know, uh, kind of like every historical figure, uh, there's always some shadow uh, surrounding these people that uh, lived a long time ago, and we just don't have a whole lot of information about them. St. Patrick's one of them. In fact, he might even be confused with a second guy, uh, St. Palladius, who also was a missionary to Ireland. Uh, but uh, he, he's become such a, a famous character. There are lots of writings that talk about him, and pretty close to his life. Lifetime. Uh, so I have no interest in getting rid of St. Patrick, that's for sure. Uh, definitely uh, lived in the 5th century. He uh, was born uh, in Roman-controlled Britain, uh, so England, uh, but he was captured as a boy uh, and taken to Ireland as a slave. And when he escaped, uh, he eventually became a priest, uh, became a stronger Christian, and a strange thing happened he was willing to go back to Ireland to witness and to bring the gospel to this pagan nation at the time. Uh, and uh, and he went and uh, became the bishop there in Ireland uh, after a lot of uh, attacks, became successful. And uh, that has gone down in history as the one who's credited for converting the whole island nation of Ireland. <laughs> what are some significant things that happened during his childhood? Do we Do we know much? It seems like he was born maybe 389 or perhaps a little later. We're a little unsure, uh, but but he was uh, not much of a Christian. His father was a was a deacon actually, and his grandfather uh, may have been a priest. Uh, but he was maybe a lax believer, just not that interested. About age 16, he was captured by kind of raiding pillagers uh, from Ireland, and they took him and made him a slave. He was a shepherd; that was his his job, and he was there for about six years. Uh, and during that time, as, as troubles and crosses tend to do to us, uh, the Lord gave him the squeeze, and he, uh, <laughs> he began to pray. Uh, in fact, prayed constantly, uh, as I imagine you would if you were a slave in a foreign mm -hmm. land. Um, and when he was finally released, uh, or when he escaped, that is, uh, he went into the priesthood. He, he pursued the Christian faith and, uh, and then had this uh, vision uh, after he had studied at Auxerre under uh, uh, Germanus, who ordained him as a priest. He had this vision of uh, some man named Victoricus uh, who said, Come, holy servant boy, uh, come and walk among us in Ireland. 
And uh, I think that's an astounding thing to want to go back to the place where you had been a slave, where you'd been captured, uh, and to want to willingly go back. But he saw this as as exactly what we're called to do as Christians, to love our enemies, to pray for those who persecute us, and, uh, in fact, that he would bring the gospel uh, uh, to those who were still in darkness, right? They might have seemed to have the upper hand when they were stealing him and enslaving him, but he knew that they were really low and, and, and darkened, and, and he wanted to bring the light of the gospel to these people. Wow, a lot of insights, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of insights, a lot of history there, and I have more questions now, but I don't want to demonstrate my ignorance too much. So <laughs> l- let's talk about some of the, maybe some of the misunderstandings that, that there might be about St. Patrick. Sure. Well, he's become so popular because he's strongly connected with the Irish people. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of that's just the, the his kind of legend that surrounds him as a, as a saint in the in the church. Uh, although he's kind of such an old saint that he, he didn't go through the normal canonization process, but he's become so tightly connected with the country of Ireland, which is strongly Catholic in the north, especially, and uh, so. As a result, he's just become a popular figure in a similar way that Columbus has become popular for Italians. Uh, so he's an he's the go-to Irish saint, the patron saint of Ireland, and, uh, and as a result, um, popular with anything Irish. Uh, and, and he gets wrapped up with, like we talked about, all the shamrocks, all the leprechauns, all the green beer, uh, and all of the, the fun, uh, uh, which... Uh, has nothing to do with Christianity related to Ireland, too. There are a lot of uh, fun legends about uh, St. Patrick, too. Uh, one that's very common is his connection to the shamrock. This comes out of the fact that most of the statues and pictures of, of him always have shamrocks uh, on them. He's always holding them, and he's got his bishop's staff in the other hand. Uh, some have said he used this to discuss the Trinity, also the shamrock, the three-leaf clover, or, or even the four-leaf kind of looks like a cross. And uh, the pate cross, which is, is kind of a flared cross, is also connected with Ireland. Ireland and with St. Patrick as a result. Um, so so that's a legend, you know, whether he really did there or not, hard to say. Uh, and it comes as a kind of later uh, invention as well. The other really exciting and fun one is that uh, there are no snakes in Ireland. Uh, and somebody even in the third century AD recognized this, uh, so it predates uh, St. Patrick. But the the story has gone down that... I, that uh, Patrick kind of banished him. He, he drove out all the yeah, snakes. Yeah, he drove out all the snakes. He he was he had come into Ireland to drive out evil, and a lot of the early biographies of him have him being uh, uh, kind of like Boniface, you know, in uh, cutting down the Druid tree and with these pagan Germans. He's kind of a similar figure, comes in and kind of uh, is able to stand up against the tough pagan warlords, uh, and by kind of force of character as well as uh, as gentleness of the the gospel he's able to bring Christianity to this people so he also drove then not just all the baddies out but also the snakes too <laughs> I think that's that's the uh, the one that sticks in my head for St. Patrick's Day is that he drove out all the snakes how does the church celebrate this day not with all of these uh, myths and things I imagine Definitely a big deal for Irish Christians. Uh, for Lutherans, we observe him as a commemoration, which is just fine. Uh, what, what comes across very clear, despite all of the maybe 
fuzziness about his birth, his death, uh, where he relates to the to the bishopric of Ireland. I should say he's historically understood as the the bishop uh, whose seat was in Armagh. I think I'm pronouncing that right. I'm horrible with Irish pronunciations, but uh, in, <laughs> there in Northern Ireland uh, is that. He was a very pious person. We have two writings that are attributed to him, and and scholars seem to think that they're they are his. One is a confession, uh, where he talks about his sins, actually, uh, but also about his his life, his experience, these biographical things that we mentioned, and his concern for the people. And what I found amazing in reading it last night was. It quotes the Bible constantly. In fact, that's it, it quotes some of the old Latin as well as the new Latin that had come out. So it kind of raises questions on when he was born and when he worked. But um, it, it quotes the Bible a lot and and in a very favorable way. I think something we as Lutherans would be very fine reading and, and fine devotion in. So uh, so yeah, he's remembered as a pious saint and as an evangelist and one who who loved his enemies quite literally to go back to the very people who enslaved him and to bring them the gospel. And, and he himself writes about how this was a nation of all pagans, that there was no real Christianity there, just as there was no Christianity in lots of Northern Europe. Uh, but now he said, thanks be to God, there it's a nation of saints. And uh, even to this day, it's a strong Catholic country, a, a Christian country. So during on commemorations, we don't change the liturgical colors, correct? In the Lutheran service book, the idea is that uh, the, the commemorations would be observed by Christians at their liberty, uh, usually in their homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, not that we're really trying to make ranks of saints or anything, but uh, we just don't want to fall into the trap that the Middle Ages certainly did, where almost every day of Christ got replaced with saints and, and shifted ever so slightly our focus away from Christ. If we're going to remember any saint, we're always going to remember them as as a Christian, as, as one in whom Christ has uh, worked his salvation by his word. Uh, and, uh, and, and for Patrick, we can remember him as a pastor and as a missionary, uh, as somebody who loved his enemies, somebody who himself had been brought out of darkness from his childhood uh, into the light of the gospel and, and then shared that love and, and that message of Christ Jesus and his forgiveness to others. I think it's great that one of his that one of his existing writings is even him admitting that he's not a perfect person, that he's a sinner, uh, but that he's been forgiven by Christ and that uh, he also in turn shares that forgiveness with others. Very good. We have more to learn about St. Patrick and his uh, his legacy, what his impact on the church as well. We're talking with Chaplain Sean Denzer. He's LCMS Director of Worship and Chaplain for the LCMS International Center. We have more to talk about here on the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. 
A poor widow gives all her money to a corrupt institution that oppresses widows, and yet Jesus commends her. What are we to make of that? Are we supposed to imitate her? Dr. Michael Ziegler talks about reckless, wholehearted devotion in a message titled, Widow's Might, this week on The Lutheran Hour. Sundays at 12.30 and 5 p.m. on Worldwide KFUO. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We're talking St. Patrick with Chaplain Sean Denzer, LCMS Director of Worship and Chaplain for the International Center here in St. Louis, Missouri. Talking St. Patrick, we've got a little bit of history of him today, learned uh, a little bit more about some of the maybe misunderstandings or myths surrounding St. Patrick. Uh, now let's talk about the the ways that um, his his service as a pastor or as a missionary um, impacted the church? How did that make a difference for the church, not only then, but also today as well? Where do we see maybe the marks or the influence of St. Patrick? First, we should say kind of this early medieval history uh, from 400, kind of after the church becomes legal in the Roman territories uh, and the persecution is dying down. All of these pagan nations in some places influenced by Arianism or other uh, heresies, but also starting to uh, find Christians uh, in which uh, England kind of becomes the first bulwark. Uh, These nations all go through these missionary movements, uh, Boniface to the Germans, famously, Columba to the Scots. Uh, or just to England, I might be forgetting. And Patrick then is the one to Ireland. Uh, uh, and these kind of missionary pastors, bishops, are remembered, you know, for fighting with tough pagans, uh, uh, sometimes being very bold in the way they they uh, barge in with Christianity. But but that they really form, they help reform these territories and and make them Christian. Uh, they do bring these peoples, uh, sometimes whole tribes, uh, into Christianity. And 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 just think about the future. Think about if it's Germany, that's us in Lutheran territories. If it's Ireland, there's strong Roman Catholic to this presence to this day. England uh, has the Anglican Church. Um, these lands go on to be strong Christian territories, uh, and and there's a vibrance there. So so these guys are the start of that, uh, and their work founds not only churches but monasteries. Now I know as Lutherans we're not too big on monks and nuns and monasteries, uh, but we have to recognize at least in the history of the church the value of these. That these end up becoming centers of preaching, of learning, of uh, of mission outreach in a way. And uh, Ireland in particular is special because when we think of the dark times of the Dark Ages, uh, as it's usually said to us, if there's any truth in that, it's that a a lot of the writings of the church were preserved there uh, so that in later times they're able to come out to the rest of the church again. So so lots to appreciate about uh, the work in those British Isles, uh, in Northern Europe in general, and Patrick has his part in that. Mm-hmm. What is that that legacy of of that impact of after Patrick was founding these these churches and 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 establishing Christianity? What is that influence then from 
Ireland to the rest of uh, the surrounding regions. You know, I'm not an expert on that, but but just to know that the the Irish monasteries end up being places where some of the most amazing illuminated manuscripts, some of the the, the library tradition of the Christian Church, really is safe. And uh, I think in a lot of places they preserve not only Christian heritage, but in some ways preserve the Western heritage from even pagan times uh, before Christianity had influenced them. So so it just, I mean, I mean, wherever the word of God goes, there's an attention to these things. We want to preserve the word. We want to share it. Uh, we want to spread it even and copy it. And, uh, and so that kind of monastic tradition, which thrives in Ireland as well as the rest of Europe, uh, you know, ends up benefiting even our knowledge of, of history that has nothing to do with Christ. So, mm-hmm. What about the uh, today um is there any mark of of saint patrick or, or any influence of saint patrick on us as lutherans there's one big influence and that would be a hymn that's attributed to saint patrick uh it, it actually comes from the 11th century but there are fragments of it uh in a 9th century one of the early biographies of saint patrick and that's his hymn sometimes called saint patrick's breastplate uh, I bind unto myself today. It originally was kind of a poem. Uh, it's it's uh, it's called a lorica, which is a prayer of protection. It's a 604 in Lutheran service book. So yeah, originally kind of a prayer of protection, uh, like a talisman almost, but instead of carrying around some superstitious item that we would actually bind to ourselves uh, truths and 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 confess them. Really, it takes on the form of a confession. I arise uh, to 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 confess this and to hold on to this and to stay before everybody. You know, if if everything should fail, I am going to hold on to what. And for for us, it's it's the Holy Trinity. It's the it's the work of God for us. We have this really in the litany, something we're praying here at our IC Chapel every single day here in Lent, um, where we say by. By your incarnation, by your baptism, fasting, and temptation, by your resurrection and ascension, good Lord, deliver us. This is a very similar kind of idea that 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 by these works of God, we're going to claim them, we're going to hold to them, we're going to both believe in our heart and confess with our mouths that Jesus Christ is our Lord and thus be protected from every enemy. So, so we have uh, in the hymnic version, uh, which is a little later, but 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 gives it us access to it unless you speak old latin or old irish uh, i bind unto myself today the strong name of the trinity by invocation of the trinity the three in one the one in three then it goes goes on to talk about the life of christ binding his his whole life and work and death for us uh, to bind uh, eternity's service uh, all of the angels with the patriarchs right the company of heaven to bind even the, uh, the 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 creations of God to us, and to recognize that there's nothing outside of the Lord's power. He's the creator of heaven and earth, the redeemer of his people. Uh, and then to say, you know, I've got I've got wisdom, uh, I've got all of Christ's benefits uh, surrounding me. And in our hymnal, uh, hymn six hundred four is put in the baptismal life section, a new a new section in Lutheran hymnals, but I think a wise one. The idea that 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 baptism is not just a one time event that 
ends up in the rearview mirror, and we just have that dusty old uh, certificate. But baptism means Christ is with us constantly. The Holy Trinity has put his name, his seal of approval on us because of Christ's righteousness. And that means he's with us. He's, he's, he's there to defend us against all sorts of attacks. And the, the legend of, of the origin of this breastplate of St. Patrick, this armor, this hymn of, uh, and, and poem of confession, is, is he... He uttered this and uh, composed it kind of spontaneously as he's being attacked in one of his missionary journeys to these uh, uh, pagan tribes and facing lots of opposition. But he said, well, I can be bold. I can, I can handle anything. Uh, Christ is my Lord. He's, he's protecting me. Uh, and so drawing on the Psalms, drawing on the scriptures, which seems to be very important to St. Patrick, and, and we love that, um, He's, he's happy to confess and to have the Lord's words as, as the armor, as the true armor of God defending him. Think of Ephesians 6, right? Mm-hmm. What can we draw from this hymn? What can we learn from this hymn? I think it's one that we may only sing on March 17th every year. It's a little uh, challenging, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Charles Villiers, St- you gotta, you got to go into that Anglican, Irish, Irish uh, Anglican tradition to find the great renditions of this. Charles Villiers Stanford has a wonderful harmonization of it. I'm an organist, you can probably tell now. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is a bold <laughs> hymn. This is one you got to stand for. This one the men got to... A kilts is Scottish, but you know you got to put on your your rough tumble uh, warriors outfits and sing this hymn uh, out loud in the in the outer air or something. But uh, I think we should see the boldness of Christianity. It's hard for us to understand what it would be like to be a missionary in pagan lands. We're going to need that kind of boldness again. I think as mm-hmm. as our land maybe reverts to this paganism. Uh, uh, Martyrdom is a real thing. That was fresh in the memory of the church in the 5th century. Martyrdom, opposition. And as they go up into the northern lands, they see they see the same sort of thing, but in a different way from those who, who never knew Christ uh, and to whom it was their responsibility to preach the gospel and to, to even die for the faith, as Thomas and so many of the apostles in their traditions did, that they had they had gone to people who didn't want to receive them, had been willing to, to, to preach the gospel and perhaps to face death, uh, but to do it with boldness, knowing that we believe in the resurrection. Uh, our Lord is with us. He's baptized us. He's promised to be with us always. Uh, he's forgiven our sins. He's the one who created heaven and earth. He's redeemed every person, even those who hate us, even those who hate him. He shed his blood for them. That's what drives us uh, to have compassion for them and, and to seek to preach the gospel and to bring them out of darkness into the Lord's marvelous light. It's clear that you're a pastor who loves hymns, because as you were sharing about this hymn, sharing that the very text of this hymn, I could hear you preaching. I almost shouted, preach, but uh, <laughs> just because I could see how I could just see how animated, uh, how much you love uh, great hymns like this. And uh, do we get to sing? Will we get to sing this today? Sorry, you no. know, uh, shame on the chaplain, whoever he is. Uh, <laughs> he forgot to schedule it for today. We did sing it just now with our, we are actually having missionary orientation yeah. this week here at the IC. So we have the new batch of missionaries, some that are changing their positions and doing a lot of technical, for them might even be boring and overwhelming uh, stuff. But uh, one of our new pastors and new missionaries who's being trained said, you know, we really, I have a request. We ought to sing St. Patrick's Breastplate today. And... Uh, 
what could I say? He was right. So we did. We just did right before I got here. So I'm if I'm charged, I heard it down in the hall. Oh, yeah. good. We should record it. Yeah. Probably. And how fitting <laughs> that that missionaries in in training and orientation are singing this hymn yeah. of a missionary. Yeah, yeah, and we were reading uh, uh, Paul from Philippians three, uh, how he talks about you know I consider everything else to be lost, to, to be loss and rubbish as long as I have Christ and I, and the hope I, I'll give everything up as long as I can attain to the resurrection of Christ. It really did just match perfectly with this hymn, uh, which is saying the same thing. Here, here's a man who who loved to confess the Trinity in a time when. Trinitarian theology might have even been a little out of fashion or under threat from these 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 pagans who, if they've heard anything of Christianity, it might even be heretical Christianity, Arianism, and so here mm-hmm. he's going into twice hostile territory, uh, but but he's not afraid because he's baptized, he trusts in Christ, uh, you know. He's he's literally going to love his enemies and pray for those who once had enslaved him, uh, and uh, and what boldness! I, I think that should still inspire us today. Our certainly our missionaries, but also all of us Christians. What better way to commemorate Saint Patrick today uh, to boldly sing this hymn? It might be a better way than drinking green beer. I yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I do love a good Reuben. So. Our oh, guest yes. today, Chaplain Sean Denzer, LCMS Director of Worship and Chaplain to the International Center. Thanks so much for being our guest on the Coffee Hour. My pleasure. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere.